Good morning, everyone. Great to be here with you all. Ohio gozaimasu. You don't understand that. Okay. Uh, before I open uh, God's Word from Matthew 8, verse 11 is a verse about the, the feast for all nations. I'd like to introduce to you my friend, Reverend Makoto Fukuda from Japan. We both arrived on a flight from Tokyo, flew a long, long way two nights ago. We both woke up last night at 2 and 3 a.m. on jet lag. And, uh, and Makoto wants to say thanks to your congregation. I understand you guys have prayed and sought to help with this devastation that's happened in Japan and tell you a little bit about his church plant in downtown Tokyo in the Ginza. You know, Richmond is uh, 200,000 people, Richmond area. I looked it up, 1.3 million or something. His city is 30, our city is 34 million people, and it's just incredible. Tell us a little bit, please. Yeah. Uh, I'm Makoto. Uh, how do you do? Nice to meet you. Uh, I pray to God. <laughs> Yeah, already. It's my joy to meet you all and pray for God's rich blessing upon you all. From the bottoms of our hearts, we're thankful that you all have prayed. For Japan after the tsunami, the earthquake and the tsunami, and have given to help with this awful situation. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Japan, really, there's been incredible damage from uh, that earthquake and tsunami. Uh, uh, 15,000 people have died. It's been confirmed. And another 10,000 that their bodies have not been found. And when you go there and see, there's so many places, there's just nothing there. From this huge, tall, in some places, you know, uh, 12 meters high and even higher in many other places, uh, their families were killed, washed away, and their houses, businesses, everything. Uh, one city went to that, uh, you know, this, this one uh, big uh, hospital was remaining, but everything else around there was absolutely nothing left. As a Christian, we you know we, we do ask, Lord, what are you doing? You you rule all. What's going on here? And I haven't received in a clear answer from God about this, but. But what I do know is God has told us to go to those areas and to give out what we do have. So 
So we've been going. Our church has been going and taking uh, water and food and, uh, and clothes and things that have been needed in, in these areas that are so devastated. 本当にたくさんの人たちが家を失った人たちはある人たちはシェルターに避難所に行っていますけれどもある人たちは2階の部分がまだ残っているのでその2階に住んでいる人たちもたくさんいます。そういう人たちと本当にあなたが持っているもの分かち合いなさい食べ物であろうと着るものであろうともしあなたが与えることができるのであれば与えなさいこれが神様からの答えでした。そうすることによって多くの人たちがまた新しい一歩を踏み出そうとする希望を得ることができます。ですから皆さんにもぜひ続けて祈っていただきたいと思います。So like、日本は今、本当にそういう意味で危機的な状況の中にあると思います。Terrible, right、たくさんの必要があります。There's, there's でもその必要はただ津波や地震のためだけではありません。この数字は何だと思いますか What do you think that number is? 去年1年間に自殺した人の数です。しかもこの数字は13年間続いています。3万人以上の人たちが。ですから津波で1万5000人の人たちそしてまだ1万人の人が行方不明ですけれども日本は毎年この1000年に一度と言われている津波地震と津波が毎年来ているようなそんな状態です。そうです多くの人たちが自分の人生の目的や喜びそして本当に自分が何のために生きているのかということがわからないのです。
とても日本は豊かだと思いますたくさんのものにあふれていますし文化的にも高い水準にあると信じていますけれども多くの人たちが悲しみや本当に失望感の中で歩んでいるんですね。So even though Japan is so wealthy in terms of stuff and money, that Japan、uh, in terms of the heart issues, there's this awful, this, this, this hurt that is, that is missing. 特に一番、うん、危険な世代と言われているのは20代と30代の人たちです。みんなそのくらいの世代ですとたくさんのものを獲得していろいろな知識とかスキルを身につけて次のステップに進んでいこうとしますね。So, so ところが同時に多くの責任であるとか義務であるとかそして自分がしなければならないことに押しつぶされそうなほどでたくさんの時間労働しなければなりません休みもありません友達と会う時間もないそのような生活をしている人たちがたくさんいます。So in Japan, in that pressure of、uh, the work and everything to make it during that era, 20s and 30s,、uh, so many people trying so hard, no time, push, 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 the responsibilities grow, and there's a great、uh, sadness and hurt and pain. 私たちはそのような中で20代、30代の人たちに福音を伝えたいと思って新しい教会を始めました。So、uh, we started a church, he and his group. Uh, uh, just recently, to reach that age in city center Tokyo,、uh, 20s and 30s, going through this、uh, difficult time of life and pressure Japan.、Mm. ですからその人たちと福音を分かち合っているんですけれども最初に洗礼を受けた女性の話をちょっと短くその人のストーリーをしたいと思います。So in that、uh, situation, I want to share with you the first person in our church after we started a year ago. So、20 20 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 28 
彼女はその中でクリスチャンになりましたけれども洗礼を受けようとしているその週に大きな出来事が起こったんです。そしてその週。Panic,、uh, what's the word in English? Uh, uh, emotional shutdown, something that happened to her there. There are so many people like that in Japan from the pressure. And in that week, she really thought deeply about her life and her purpose and her, all these struggles、uh, that week before baptism. 彼女がその時に理解したのは自分にとって最も人生の中で大切なものとしていたことが仕事であり自分がこう人々から褒められることが彼女にとって一番大切なものつまり偶像であったことに気づきました福音を通して本当の神様が自分にとって最も大切な喜びであり力であることを知るまでは誰でもさまよい自分を苦しめあるいはストレスやプレッシャーの中で潰れてしまいます彼女はそれ以来自分の人生の主はキリストであってこの方による解放とそして喜びに満ちた人生があることをしてそこに踏み出していきました Uh,私はほんのしばらくの間あなたを見捨てたが大きな悪みを持ってあなたを集める怒りがあふれてほんのしばらく私の顔をあなたから隠したが永遠に変わらぬ愛を持ってあなたを憐れむとあなたをあがなう主は仰せられる。For a brief moment, Isaiah 54, 7 and 8, for a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing anger, for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. このような時間を与えてくださって、シェアする時間を与えてくださって、心から感謝します。皆さんに祝福がありますよ。I am very thankful for this chance to share with you all, and,、uh, and I pray God's rich blessing on you all.
Okay. Please open your Bibles to Matthew 8. If you have a Bible, Matthew 8. And I understand you all often use the, uh, the ESV, so we'll read from the English Standard Version. And we'll start with verse 5. Uh, Matthew 8, beginning with verse 5. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I say to you, with, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, our text today, verse 11, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we do pray as we look at this passage of your word that you'll speak to us and show us yourself, show us new areas of our life, things we maybe haven't seen before. Show us about this great mission that you have given us. Show us this great feast, this true reclining at table, the true bread that every one of us must eat, that we need. Uh, Lord, we pray your blessing on our time here in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it sure is fun to speak in English. You know, I have to do all our work in Japanese all the time. I had to speak three different messages last Sunday in Japan. And I can't believe, you know, we didn't prepare anything. I was able to pretty much interpret for you. I went to Japan at age 35. I only knew the car names, kind of like you, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and I had come out at the 51st percentile on that test of some South Pacific island with 100 people on it to learn a foreign language that you memorize it and they see if you can really, you know, learn a foreign language. And I was only 51st percentile. And Japanese, one of the hardest languages in the world, you know. I'm not going to, you know, and I, you know, I was so scared to go to Japan. And, uh, and knowing only the car names, and I heard a missionary said uh, he wanted to say, Oroste kudasai, please let me out right here to the cab driver. Instead, he says, Koroste kudasai, kill me right here uh, to the cab driver. And the missionary wife, she is learning these new words, and uh, she was in the hospital having a baby, and you, you know, you down. You download new words with every new experience, and then you use them when you're not supposed to, you know. And, and she, uh, she is offering drinks to people in her home the next week, and instead of uh, saying, Mo 
she says, Mo, opai no and she offered everyone breast milk, you know? Uh, so I, uh, my wife and I said, we're going to do better than that, but we did worse. Our stories are worse than that, even. But in spite of that, God has used us in Japan. And I pray today, yeah, this is a mission sermon, but it's more than that. We think about the world, we think about the true feast. Pray that God will speak to your heart. You know, I notice you guys have this great pamphlet on the back on how to listen to a sermon, how to listen to a message. And I hope uh, uh, one thing I know, that one of the things we need to do is always as we hear God's word, we hear a message, we say, where do I need to repent? So look at these four points of this message today, the feast, the true feast that our worship leader kind of introduced us to earlier, good preparation for the Lord's Supper, that many are going to come to this feast, that this feast, that, and they're going to be from east and west, that doesn't mean from uh, you know, east by the airport and west by short pump, is that what you call it? You know, this is talking about the whole world, every tongue and tribe. You know? And then the last point, Jesus says this will happen. Not maybe, this is a fact. This will happen. So we look at those four things and apply them to our heart and our own false bread we go after looking for other feasts, you know. It it is that the Christian life is a life of repentance. Remember one time Martha was a little, we we went to Japan, Martha was a baby less than a year old and, uh, and probably we had, we have nine kids, we probably had seven when this incident happened. And my 15-year-old son was, was uh, abusing my, uh, uh, in the sense he was, he, I heard this screaming downstairs. I ran downstairs, and there was Daniel, our oldest son, and he had our oldest daughter, Sarah, who was about eight. He was about 15, trying to put her head in the toilet, you know, and uh, just her hair, you know. And, uh, and as, as he was doing that, I lost it. I got so angry. I... I, uh, I, I did something I learned from some good Christian child-rearing books, and I grabbed Daniel, and I tried to put his head in the toilet. It was really good parenting, you know. And as I, uh, and as I did that, he wasn't really rebellious, but he, he had his hands on the side and said, Dad, I was just playing. Dad, what are you doing? And the other kids, probably Martha, do you remember that, Martha? I don't know. You know, and he, and I really lost it. You know, you should find better preachers for your church who are holier and who don't have a temper. And, uh, and as I, I just really lost it, you know. And, and the more he, I used to be a Marine, I'm pretty strong, you know. It was more was up here than down here back then. And, and as I was trying to put his head in, and he's, Dad, Dad, and the doorbell rang at the absolute worst time. The other kids are around us. Dad, what are you doing? You know, what happened to their father, you know? And uh, this, this Japanese lady from our church came to the door. And, uh, and then we have in the Genkan where you take your shoes off. And I slid the door, and I was tension. The kids are there. And I put this pastor plastic smile on my face as I open the door and there she comes in and, and she says, well, I, want to, I brought this for, for your wife and, and I said, oh, please come in. Real politely, I know Japanese people will not come in unless you invite them three times in your home. I only invited her once. I didn't want her to come in. This tense filled, awful, this missionary family who have come to Japan to bring the love of Christ, you know, 
to the Tokyo area, and, uh, and she thankfully left. And I said goodbye nicely and closed the door, turned around, and there were my children, including Martha, uh, six of them, looking at me. And it was kind of like they all had on their forehead Gizencha written, which means hypocrite. As I often say, we do in child-rearing class, you know, three- and four-year-olds don't know the word, but they know one. They know a hypocrite, you know, and uh, when they see their mom and dad that way. And, and, and so what do you do as a parent when you come in there? There they are looking at me, having lost it with such anger and, and uh, temper and been phony and so nice to someone from outside our home. So what do you do? Remember what I started this with. The Spirit worked in my heart, and is same thing we need to do as we hear this message, as we think about God's Word, we need to repent. Luther's first thesis of the 95 on the door, the Christian life is a life of repentance. We keep going back to the cross of Jesus Christ. We are a group of sinners here who need His grace every day. And, and you know, I said, kids, please forgive me. I am so sorry. I lost it. I was phony. Please forgive me. And they said, no way, Dad. No, they forgave me. They're gospel children. They, they need it too, as all of us here. And we prayed. We, and that's really what we want with our kids. That's what we want in our community groups and our church, that we are all a mess who need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, we do, you know, every day. And in this message, as you hear, we think about this wonderful text this wonderful story as we look at our lives, how does my life a need to align uh, in a fresh way with, with the gospel and what Jesus says and receive his forgiveness? Go to the cross afresh. So look at, let's say, to get, uh, let's read, would you read with me verse 11 uh, in, the, in, uh, in the ESV? Verse 11. Uh, Let's read it out loud together. Would you read it with me? Is it up there? Yes. Okay. I, uh, yes. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is a, a great task, text. You may remember that Matthew's gospel was for the Jews. Have you heard that before? And here's a Jew... Uh, all these Jews were Jesus ministered to normally. And here's a centurion, a Gentile, the persecutors of, of the Jews. And he comes here, and this guy believes. And Jesus says, wow, you might say, any of you know that Sidney Portier movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? That would be another title for this, right? You know that story? You know, it's a white girl. She falls in love with a black guy. And this, the title of the movie is when she's going to bring him home to meet her parents, guess who's coming to dinner? It's a great old movie from, I guess, the 70s or something. Well, that's kind of what this story is here. The, the Jews thought it's only for us. This, you know, Yahweh and God and His grace is only for us. And Jesus here sees this centurion, this guy, he's outside. In fact, he was a persecutor. He wasn't just one of the soldiers. I used to be a marine captain. He was like, you know, a captain. Uh, over a hundred of these Roman soldiers who are persecuting 
who are persecuting the, the Jews and, and Israel. And Jesus says, he says, wow, look at this faith. I have not seen faith like this in Israel. And he says, he, he says, many will come from the east and the west to that feast in heaven, to dinner in heaven, the true feast that we look forward to, that even our Lord's Supper today is kind of a picture of that coming. The feast. Let's think first about the feast. The NIV calls it a feast. ESV says reclining at table. The Bible often talks this way. This is, you know, the Revelation 19, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We think of the Lord's Supper today. Jesus is the true bread. He's the true vine, uh, the true wine. We go after fake bread. Don't you go after fake bread like the worship leader said today? I do. I've just been uh, blessed by a book by Tim Keller, uh, Counterfeit Gods. Anybody read that book, Counterfeit Gods? You know, how, how much he, he go, in the book he shows how much we go after false feasts, the table that's not the real table, not the true bread, not the true wine, you know, money and, and stuff. And like the testimony Makoto told about that young lady, uh, uh, all the, the, the things that we think will satisfy work, I think for myself in that book, the last chapter is the false God, the false bread of achievement. And from when I was young, I, you know, trying to, the, the, the approval of those around me and the thinking that even as a missionary in Japan, we're in one of the hardest countries in the world. Four years, no fruit, no one came to Christ. It was so hard to learn the language and it was so difficult how easy it was in the absence of any fruit from all of our labor to find my identity in our work. Or then when God began to give fruit, now we have a, for Japan a big church and a growing church 24 years later, you know, and, and churches are getting started. And it's so easy to find my identity in, in an achievement for this to be the bread for me, the feast for me. And there are so many other things, you know, that, that all through the Bible we see this uh, warning from Jesus. He says in John 6, 27, Do not work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Do you have food you go after? Other stuff. Is it money? Is it approval of people? Is it comfort? Is it, you know, that relationship? I love this Tim Keller sermon from Genesis 29 where Jacob thinks, if I have Rachel, I will be happy. Aren't we prone to that? We think, you know, that if I have that relationship, if I get married, or if that person, we, we make people a false god or some relationship, and Jacob works seven years, and he, he wakes up the next morning, and you remember? Ah, it's Leah. It's not Rachel. And he, he makes the point that so much of our lives are like that. We think if I get this job or I get this house or this car or this skill or this person, it's not fair to that person either, is it? To put that on, they're not true bread. And we wake up the next morning or the next year or 10 years later and we see, whoa, it's Leah, not Rachel. And that's kind of a picture of what happens in, in, our, in our lives. But the promise of the Bible, Isaiah 25, is that there's this lavish feast for all nations. Later, later point. Jesus says he is the true bread. You know, you'll never go hungry. You'll never go thirsty when you come to me. I remember the passage we used uh, 
we read earlier uh, from Isaiah 55. I remember when I was a Marine driving back to Camp Lejeune one night, I heard it on Christian radio. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your labor for what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat and eat what is good. Delight yourself in abundance. I was thinking, driving at night, the kids sleeping in the back of the car. Why do I spend money, my life, my energy for what is not true bread? Why do it? I said, yeah, because I'm stupid and I'm sinful and I think these other things are going to satisfy, right? And they don't. I remember uh, going, uh, staying with some, some friends much younger than us. We're home on a home assignment. Had this beautiful house they had built. This house was so big. They're, you know, young couple, 30, early 30s. They had built this beautiful big house. The music was piped into every room. The house was so big, I thought, there must be unreached people groups in this house somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and I found myself, it's usually, you know, big houses, and, I, you know, we all have our idols that are prone to be our false feast, false bread, false table. And, uh, and but this, not usually mine, but I found myself being jealous of their house as I went to sleep that night, and, the, you know, the music's piped in each room, the high quality of everything, and I... I found myself uh, thinking, wow, two, two sins. One, I was covetous and jealous, thinking this would make me happy if I had this. Will it? Number two, I found myself judging them. You know, I, and, and, I, and the Lord got me, Lord, I am so sorry. We are so happy in Japan with our house this far from the road, and you have blessed us. You've given us an incredible mission, calling, forgive me. I'm sorry, Lord, and I'm sorry for judging. I don't know what anyone else does. With their, you know, sorry, Lord, went to sleep, woke up the next morning. I'm going out of their beautiful house to say goodbye. Husband says goodbye. He goes off. She's there in the entryway saying goodbye to her and uh, says, you guys seem so happy. I'm just so thankful for your life. They're dear Christian friends and for years, and she says... We're not happy. And she started crying there as her husband drove off. And she says, our lives are so miserable. We are so distant. And she looked at the house that I had coveted the night before. And she said, she, said, she looked and said, I wish we could get rid of all this and go back to the way it used to be at the beginning of our relationship, you know? And I, I prayed with her. And I said, I'll have Carol call you. I was headed to an appointment. And, and, uh, and as I drove off, I th- thought about my coveting the night before. And that's a picture, isn't it? For how often we think this or that will be the true bread for us. This relationship, that stuff, this skill, this approval of people. But it, it's not. It's, it's not true bread. Why do we spend money for what is not true bread? It's only Jesus that is the true bread. We live in a country where that really bought into all this other stuff is true bread. Japan has, it's safe, has the longest life expectancy in the world. There's virtually no poor, 100% literacy, lower infant mortality rate than, than America, yet the depression, the suicide, the things Makoto was telling about, Japan is so broken of the heart. It, it, again, it helps us when we think about ministry to the poor and helping people. Japan is rich. You know, it's rich, and there's all this stuff because it's 
missing with all these wonderful things about Japan that we love so much that it's missing this true bread. True bread. Last uh, survey came out recently that Japan, 40% of the marriages in Japan in 2010 were sexless marriages. You know, I kind of throw that in when everyone falls asleep in a sermon in Japan. Everyone kind of gets, you know, uh, uh, but, you know, and I always wonder, now how did they take that survey, you know? Uh, but, again, something that's showing the, the number one country in the world. You know, we want to be number one about a lot of stuff, but not that, right, you know? Uh, think of the book by uh, John Piper on missions, Let the Nations Be Glad. You know, we want to come help out with this problem too and the, the joy of Christian marriage and, and, uh, and, a, and a discipleship that affects all the different areas, the emotional relationship and, and families are desperate need for the true bread of Jesus. So as we think about this, we think about ourselves. First, as we think about these next passages and taking this bread to the ends of the earth, First, we have to eat and we have to drink. We need to, you know, even today as we think about that repentance, what for you, what for me, is this ongoing struggle with, I think this will satisfy this relationship, this false bread. We go after junk food. And, and it's just such a, we, we need to say, Jesus, you are the one as we prepare for communion. We say that. This is serious stuff. It's not just that it's stale bread. Verse 12 is about judgment and, and, and eternal punishment is either the true bread or the other. It's a serious thing. Say, so second thing here, many will come, it says here. Now, you know, th- this is an incredible promise, and it's not just one verse, you know. The whole Bible teaches that there is going to be this feast in heaven. And it's not just guess who's coming to dinner. Guess how many are coming to dinner. It's a host. Revelation says a host too great to number. Back in Genesis, it's promised that, you know, Abraham, your seed are going to be like what? Do you remember? Your seed. How many will there be? Remember? Like the stars of heaven, like the sand of the sea, like the dust of the earth. In Genesis 15, God takes Abraham out and says, look at the stars, Abraham. So shall your descendants be. This is this tremendous promise we see. I understand you guys are studying Acts and, you know, Acts, all through Acts we keep seeing, don't we? That the number's increasing and we see, you know, God talking about the growth of the church as people fall into the church and the church grows. Acts 2.40, 2.47, daily people are added to their number. Uh, you know, and over and over again we see this and then ending in Revelation 7.9, this whole the Bible from Genesis to Revelation saying, there will be so many coming to this heavenly feast. One of the places that maybe for us to, to repent of is it's easy, now maybe it's easier for you to believe those. You're here in the Bible, kind of the Bible belt. You know, I come here to Richmond, I see churches everywhere. You know, we started a church in a suburb of Tokyo there's 70,000 people. We're the only church of any stripe, any kind. 70,000 people, you know. Uh, and that's Japan. Japan is so lost. Makoto says, I uh, hope some of you can come after worship and hear him talk about it. He'll be talking. Uh, you know, he says probably 95, 97% of Japanese have never had a conversation about the true bread, about Christ, about the cross with any other, with a, with a Christian. Most people have, you know, are... Our worship 
attendance in Japan today, Sunday, will be about one-fifth of one percent for the whole country, you know? One-fifth of one percent of the population. It is such a needy place. So you could pray for us that we'll believe this promise. I, I do you know, believe. There will be many. The, the Japanese are included in this. To pray this, believe this for Richmond. Isn't it great? Your church only three years old. We're seeing it happen here. Pray this for the whole world. And we are seeing this around the world. China and India have a son. He's in India. Just India was so difficult. We're seeing just masses of people coming uh, to faith in India. I met a Chinese Christian girl recently. She's part of the house church movement in China. You know, just uh, 30 years ago, we thought the church was going to shut down in China. And she said, oh, you Western Christians think there are 50 million Christians in China. There's at least a mil- 100 million Christians in China, more than America. You know, we live in an age where we're seeing what the Bible said come true as masses of people around the world more and more come to eat of, of true bread. And where are they coming from? From east and west, the third thing we see here in this passage. Um, like I said, that's not just from the airport East Richmond and West. This is the whole. This is a, a, a picture of the whole world. The gospel is bread for the whole earth. This is a graced feast for all nations. It sounds like, you know, Jesus maybe he's thinking of Isaiah 43, 5 through 7. He says, I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name. See, this is is a central message of the Bible. Have you heard this before and thought about this before? I grew up in a Christian home, learning Bible verses, solid. My mom and dad loved Jesus. They loved each other, and they loved me. But I somehow missed this theme, east and west, every tongue and tribe, all nations. And at a three-day missions conference, the speaker started at Genesis, and he walked through the whole Bible to Revelation, and he kept picking up all those themes, starting in Genesis 12, that God promises Abraham not only, you know, I'm going to bless you, and bless who? Bless all nations, all the nations of the earth through you. It's repeated over and over. It's repeated to Abraham Isaac and Jacob, interesting point that Jesus picks that up here in this text. This feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this message of the gospel is for the whole world. You, go, you read the Psalms. We read Psalm 67 today. You know, this, this promise that this is for you know, all the nations, the, the, the joy of knowing the true and living God. It's just through the whole Bible. At the end of this three days, he finished with Revelation and this great multitude too great to number from where? From every tongue and tribe. I mean, this is, this is globalism. The gospel is a global thing, you know? And as, as this, this uh, the speaker finished with Revelation, after going through the whole Bible, my wife and I looked at each other and said, how did we miss this? You know, we read the Bible. We've been under good teaching. Somehow we missed this, and we said, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it with our pocketbooks? What are we going to do about it with maybe we should go? We say, oh, no, please, we have these five children. We only had five. Martha was, uh, was our youngest. We only have five. 
Uh, now we have had nine. But uh, we thought, no, God's given us these kids. He wouldn't want us to go to the far ends of the earth. Other people should go do that. And just a little aside, our kids would say today what a great blessing it has been. To, to, to You know, the safest place to be is where God wants you to go, right? Whether it's a radical sender or a radical goer, but to be a part of reaching your Jerusalem, Richmond, reaching you know, your Judea, Virginia, and reaching the ends of the earth. That, that, that's what he calls us to do. And he calls us, we, you know, different ones of us have different gifts. Some of us should be goers. Some of us should be radical senders. Our son Joel, number three, he's a radical sender. Early on, uh, he had a knack for making money in Japan. He got grandma to send blow pops, this little candy. When she came to visit, she bought a bunch at Sam's, and she bought them for four cents a piece and brought them to Japan. And then she, and then Joel sold them for 40 cents a piece in Japan. Ought to be illegal, you know. He made this big markup, and, uh, and then he, he said, Dad, they, they charge $100 or some exorbitant fee to string rackets. I can do it for a lot less. If I buy this machine for $100, this racket stringing machine, he, he bought it, had someone bring it to Japan. He's about 12 years old, stringing rackets. He had a real racket going, making money, you know. And then he said, Dad, uh, he said, look, there's about 13 or 14. Dad, they charge $100 to pierce ears in Japan. I can buy this machine in America for, no, Joel, Joel. We're not going to do that, Joel, you know. Well, that Joel, a few years ago, he said, Dad, you know, I, I need to grow up and be a millionaire because so many of our family are going to be missionaries. One of us, who's going to support all these people, you know? I said, Joel, it's dangerous. Warning a first Timothy 6, you know, that, that wanting to get rich is a trap. It can really get you in trouble. The dangers of wealth. Amen. Boy, it is dangerous. Jesus warned about that. And just, no, Dad, I've seen so many of these wealthy Christians that give and they're, you know, that their stuff belongs to Christ. They want to use it to take the good news to their city and to the ends of the earth and to meet the needs of the poor and to help. He said, Dad, that's what I'm called to do. And, you know, that's... See, Joel today is an entrepreneur, businessman, you know, and son number one's in seminary, number two is uh, uh, in India, and number three is trying to be a Christian millionaire to support everybody, you know? Is that, that's cool. You know, that, what's your part? What's God calling you to be a part of this global mission of, of taking this good news, not just to Richmond, but to the ends of the earth? We read today from Isaiah 67 that this, ver- this passage about all the peoples, all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. The earth has yielded its produce. God our God blesses us. What country in the history of the world has yielded the most produce in the history of the world? What country? What country is the richest country in the history of the world by far? Anyone have any idea? We are sitting in it, you know. And as God blesses us, that the ends of the earth would fear him. So we think about being a part of this taking, uh, this good news. Mission trip, maybe some of you can come to Japan and help us up north, you know, giving out stuff and cleaning up houses. Maybe you guys could come to Japan and and be a part of, of that. We, we have a, a lady from Richmond came, an 80-year-old lady came and helped us for three, three months. 
uh, teaching English. Japanese people want to learn English. You know, J Japan's a needy country, second largest unreached people group in the world. You know, as your church, your church is a blessed church. And I know you have a heart for this, for reaching Richmond. And through Richmond, the nations. You know, we have all these cities in Japan and lots of places in the world. There's nothing. There's no church of any kind. You know, how might God uh, call you personally or in your church or your group to be a part of that, taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? And the fourth thing, they will certainly come. This, you know, Jesus says they, they will come from east and west. Now you might say, Dan, that is dangerous exegesis. Where did you go to seminary? Only one word, they will come, and you're going to build a point of your sermon on the certainty of this happening. But this is Jesus who says this, the king of kings, the ruler of all, and he says this is going to happen. And when we think of the context of this whole passage, it, this is a great passage because this is really the point of the whole passage. Verse 11 that we focused on is kind of a side point. The, the point of the whole passage, remember, now follow me, this centurion comes, Jesus says, I'll go heal him, I'll go heal, you know, uh, your young man, and and the centurion says, no, no, you don't even need to come. Just say the word and you'll heal him. And that's when Jesus says, verse 11, wow, look at this faith. Many will come from the east and west and will feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And you know, this centurion, he, he knows Jesus is the Lord of nature. And he has the faith that you don't even need to come under my roof. Just say the word. And he says, I'm a, I'm a captain. I tell people to go and they go. I tell people to come and they come. I was a Marine. I always used to read this. I said, what does this passage mean? You know, now I know what it means. Jesus is like, he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. When he says it will happen, it will happen. Do you believe that? You know, the different struggles that come into our lives, we can trust that Jesus is the ruler of all He's the king of kings. I love Genesis 22, verse 16 and following. He says, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, I will surely bless you, talking to Abraham, and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky, the sand of the seashore, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And God swears by his own name that this will happen. We can count on it. Some of you might say, but Dan, it seems like, you know, we're losing around the world. I had an uncle that was in the Battle of Midway in World War II, and he was in the seventh wave that went in fighting against the Japanese, and his plane came back to Midway Island, landed with, you know, 150 bullet holes in it, one wheel, and it, everyone thought they had lost. All, the, all the, the airmen in the ocean, you know, if you read, if you know that story of that battle, it was a turning point of the world. Actually, the that uh, the U.S. had won that battle. But often that's the case. We're in the middle of the battle with sickness, our own sin, our own struggles, and we look at the kingdom. It seems like it's not moving forward, but we're just looking at one little picture of it. And we step back and we say, wow, look what God is doing in the world. And He is. He is doing this all around the world. It's just what an age we live in to be a part of giving out this, this true bread to be a part 
of taking this gospel to the, to the whole world. Our first Easter in Japan, we were very discouraged trying to learn that hard language and went to a little church plant, about seven people. They, the missionary had been working there for seven uh, or eight months. They had seven people. None were Christians yet. And I said, wow, church planting in Japan is hard, difficult. And, and then uh, that afternoon we flew to Korea and I uh, saw that Sunday night, these the biggest churches in the world are in Korea. Did you know that? I remember Korea 60, 65 years ago, there was nothing in Korea, but uh, the church was very small like Japan. But in the morning, seven people, and the evening went to this huge church, thousands of people, and people are standing up, sharing testimonies of who has come to Christ this week, what has God done in your life, and and, uh, and I'm just thinking, in the morning, seven people in Japan, 150 miles away in Korea tonight, thousands and thousands of people. And, um, and I, I, I cried as I thought about this country that God's given us a love for, Japan. Jesus, what will you do? Will you do this in Japan? The last hymn they sang, it was an old hymn, I, I knew it, I didn't know it in Korean, but they sang... Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. And as they sang that, I thought about seven people in Japan in the morning, this new church plant this guy was starting, and, and this country that is so rich, but, but is so resistant to the gospel, and Korea, where all this so much has happened, and uh, is just spreading around the world, Korean missionaries going all around the world, and I I just, I, I wept as I thought of the Japanese people and as I thought of uh, the need for the true bread, that Jesus is the true bread. And I uh, prayed, Lord, would you do that in Japan? Would you pray with me that God would do that in Japan and in these other places in the world? How might he use you to be a part? How might you lay down your life to do that? You know, I know Patrick Henry uh, here in Richmond said, give me liberty or give me death for a lesser cause. Jesus laid his life down for us on the cross. He loves us. He forgives our sin. We think of those idols, that false bread we all go, we go after, and we go to him and say, Jesus, forgive me. He forgives us again. He feeds us the true bread again. So we think about uh, taking the Lord's Supper here. We come to him again. Say, Lord, my false bread, the junk food I went after this past week, did it satisfy? It doesn't. And today we say, Lord, Feed me afresh. Help me drink the true water and be a part of giving it out to Richmond and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray and then take our time of meditation. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that the gospel is true. Thank you that you are the true bread, the true wine, that you are the only one who truly satisfies. Lord, forgive us that we find so much, we seek so much of our satisfaction in other things, not in you. Please, fill us, feed us, even now as we take communion. Lord, we, we go back to the cross. We repent. We turn again to you and say, Jesus, we need you. Our priorities, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, where we have sought uh, our hope and our identity in things that really don't. Satisfied. We just read the newspapers and we see those things don't. The sadness of the things of this world. Lord Jesus, feed us afresh, we pray.